Welcome to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast, where we desire to connect you with people, teaching, encouragement and resources that will see you and those around you restored to true humanity. Join us as we seek to help you apply the grace of God onto the details of your life. Well, welcome to the Restore Ministries podcast. Uh, My name's uh, Peter. I'm one of the uh, directors of Restore Ministries. Good to have you joining us today. Today we've got uh, Kurt Peters uh, joining us. Um, Kurt's uh, actually on the board of Restore Ministries. Uh, he's, a, he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, good to have you with us today, Kurt. It's a pleasure to be here, young Peter. <laughs> hey, mate, um, can you just um, kind of clue people into Kurt Peters? Um, you know, is he, is he married? Has he got kids? Where does he work at the moment? Uh, Kurt Peters is married. Uh, at this moment, he is still pastoring at a church in Botany, um, but he's transitioning next year to a uh, more part-time role leading a church and focus more on pastoral supervision. I've got three kids, 17, oh, this is hard, 17, 13, <laughs> and 10, and have been married for coming up on, and what year in the, it's 2021? Yeah, yeah. We're going to be married 22 years in November. Depending yeah. on when this comes out. Yeah, that's that's cool, mate. We're not we're not going to tell anyone that you stumbled <laughs> over those those dates and ages. You can cut that bit out. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Kurt. Um, can you take us into your world a little bit uh, and what's been happening there over the last uh, couple of years, um, and the connection that that has to the transition stuff that you're talking about there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, in 2017, I think it was. I started developing a symptom in my hand. I started to develop a tremor in my hand. And uh, over the next, of course, the next six months, uh, working in neurologists, we figured out that I had early onset Parkinson's disease. Um, the process of figuring that out was a burnout. Uh, and so because I was running at 150% of the time and I had Parkinson's at the same time, my emotions, my brain, everything about me fell into a heap. And so... Uh, just before my diagnosis, I had two months off uh, trying to recovery. Then I got the diagnosis in 2018. And then since 2018, I've been managing early onset Parkinson's disease. Oh, yeah. So that's massive, man. Like the the stuff that just kind of piled on top of its, on top of each other there is huge. Like what was that like for you? Um, so it's interesting journey. So initially... Because I'd had those two months off before diagnosis, that was that was a time where the God, God just refreshed my soul. Um, so for two months before I got diagnosed, I had been walking every day, talking with the Lord for extended periods, spending hours in His Word, um, singing my heart out about how great He was. So that by the time I actually got to the diagnosis, my instinct wasn't to run away from Him. Which I think, if I got diagnosed six months earlier, it would have been, um, but it was actually to go to him. And so, uh, in the, I remember those first six months, there was a sense where I, I was living. I wasn't wasn't really fearing the future. Um, I was really focused on living in the grace that the Lord had given me that day to live and to do what I could uh, to help my Parkinson's not progress as fast as it could. Um, and so my wife went crazy doing research and she told me what to do and my job was to do whatever she told me to do, mm-hmm. exercise, medications, vitamins, anything she threw at me I was doing. Uh, but after about seven months of, of that, 
uh, I hit a wall of grief. Um, I wasn't expecting it to happen. Um, and it happened, it got triggered by a session with a psychologist where she just asked me to, uh, to do a life plan for myself. And, um, I realized I kind of fell apart. And so the next four months after that was a real period of grief, uh, where I had to work through stuff before the Lord, um, to deal with the future. Um, and then the journey has just kept going. It's got, so I've gone from active kind of living in the grace of today to lament and grief the second half of that mm. year mm. to feeling on a positive for the next year and then more recently struggling with fear of the future. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't, it hasn't been a linear, it hasn't been this upward journey. Mm. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It's gone to places I wasn't expecting. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So at the moment it's you're in the fear of the future space a bit. Is that, yeah, I think so. I think uh, with this whole idea of transitioning uh, out of my role as a pastor, um, it's bought, it's triggered a whole bunch of fears of the future. Uh, uh, a lot of them, a lot of them have rolled around uh, fear of not being able to provide financially for my family. Uh, so at the moment, I'm on 45, um, and so that's that's a real real fear. Um, and there's the grief. I think I'm also still working a little bit through the grief of, of, of future dreams. Mm. So, which, which sometimes are harder to grieve, aren't they? Like, mm. yeah, cause it's not so like you've lost something that you had, um, cause the thing you had wasn't ever realized. Mm. Um, but you have dreams. Everyone has those visions in their head for what life's going to be look, look like at 50, 55 and 60 and 65. And so I still think I'm working through the loss of that. Um, yeah. And I still, I still, I think another thing that's come up more recently is, um, that, that big question that, that people tend to ask of why, Lord, you know, why have you done that this way? Um, that hasn't been top and center of my consciousness as I've worked through this. Um, but I think it's started to come out a little bit more recently. Mm. And also the question of um, kind of a feeling like I feel like I deserve better than this. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, like at my at my most uh, at my at the most difficult moments, just recently, I've asked the question of God, "Hey," or I've made the statement really, "Hey, God, I've I've worked hard for you for." Years and years ministering the gospel. Mm. How come it's ended up that I've got Parkinson's? Mm. And uh, that's more fresh. You can see that's fresh because it's bringing tears. You know, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a fresher experience of this process of working through mm. the diagnosis. That's mm. that's huge, man. Of had the honor of uh, walking alongside you a bit in that stuff. And, um, I mean, we talk about up here a little bit, the um, you know, Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. And, you know, death doesn't just stalk us, you know, in an ultimate sense, in a physical death kind of way. There's all sorts of little bits of death in the lead up to, you know, physical death. And the valley of the shadow of death feels like the valley of the shadow of death, even though I fear no evil because he's with me. It still feels like death, and it's and it's still dark in there. And 
sometimes that people can have that we just stay on this euphoric high all the time with God. Well, God's with us through everything. And that's, you know, as a brother, he's walked alongside you and um, and, and watched you, like what, what you opened with in that little um, bit that you were sharing there about keeping the, the pipe open between between you and God. Uh, it's something that we talk about um, in Restore Ministries a bit is that, you know, <laughs> it's it's in God that we live and we move and we have our being. And the tendency in some of these moments is to turn that pipe off and just kind of pull into yourself. You can see that happening for Adam and Eve. They kind of pull in and they're in their own little bubble behind the fig leaves and the bushes. Um, and the, the wicked irony in that moment is the thing that they really need is uh, deep intimacy and communion with Christ, with God, and that's the very thing that they've shut off. Um, and, and you know, I, when I hear you share about that sort of stuff, I just, and I've heard you talk about it on lots of occasions, I just, I, I, I don't know, I, I, it's just so rich for me to hear you still um, grappling and wrestling talking this you know when you said before you you talk and you you sing and, and you walk um what an what an amazing thing to go for a physical walk and to to walk with god so closely in some of those really difficult kind of gritty areas um mate can you for people who are listening i haven't got a clue what parkinson's is can you can you just give them a snapshot of what it is and if you're okay with this, can, can you just, um, and I don't mean to stir something up in you, but can you just give them a bit of a picture of, of what's likely ahead for you over the next however long? Yeah, sure. Um, Parkinson's disease is a, a disease of the brain where a part of my brain has been degenerating for the last 10 to 15 years. So when you first get the first symptoms of Parkinson's, which uh, can be a tremor in, in a, a part of your body, uh, what's called a resting tremor. Uh, it's not always. Only 50% of people actually get a resting tremor as, the, as a symptom. Uh, the other, I've got a resting tremor in my hand and leg. Um, but when you get your first symptoms of Parkinson's, you've typically had it for 10 to 15 years. That part of your brain has gone from 100% down to between 30 and 50% of its capacity. That part of your brain is responsible for producing something called dopamine, which is used in mood and movement. Uh, so it's used in, uh, in order to help your body move uh, co- uh, well and coherently. Mm. Um, and it, uh, it's used in mood as well. Uh, so obviously people who have um, uh, uh, depression might have low dopamine, for instance. Mm. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, so it's helpful in mood as well. Um, so what, was your, what, did, what else did you say about that? Oh, what's, it, what's the future? Yeah, what does the future look like for you? As you asked me that question, I've just had a question, uh, a conversation with my wife about it this morning. To be perfectly honest with you, I haven't looked a lot at it. I, I do know that uh, dementia is a possible thing that could happen mm. uh, as, uh, as a consequence of Parkinson's. Um, I know that um, obviously the, the bodily struggles, uh, the physical weaknesses, so the tremor can increase that uh, you can get uh, stiffness of movement mm. to the degree that you freeze and you can't move. Um, you, uh, your memory, your cognitive abilities get less and less, so your, your memory will get worse and worse. Um, 
yeah, just your, your capacity to function. Uh, your, your face can get a flatness to it. Uh, there's a whole whole bunch of different things. And the things I haven't looked into lots are what, what does it look like in the late stage? Mm. And I think uh, just because I think that's because I want to keep focused on now. I, I, yeah. My concern is if I read too much about and hear anecdotes of people in late stage Parkinson's that I will, um, it'll freak me out. Yeah. And um, there will be a time I'll have to grapple with those things. Um, but for the sake of my, um, my capacities, to, to focus on today and live for today, I haven't done a lot of exploration. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, um, yeah, that wouldn't be good for me if I was in your situation to know some of those things. So the other, the other thing is, the other thing is, if you've met a person with Parkinson's, you've met a person with Parkinson's. Every person's Parkinson's is different in the way their their symptoms work, in the way in the in the rate at which they degenerate, mm. and so. Um, I, I, one of the things I do to combat my Parkinson's is box. And so I have a trainer who's, um, he's had Parkinson's for, uh, 12, 13 years. Uh, he's in his early, he got around the same time as me. He's in his early fifties now. Uh, he's a boxing coach. And, uh, one of the reasons I love him, uh, he's become a bit of a mentor is not only because he helps me to box and he's good at that. Um, but he has just such a positive attitude mm. to to the disease and recognizing that he that you don't just need to concede to the fact that you're going to degenerate that you can fight against it mm. uh, through exercise and diet and so I'm surrounding myself with people like that to 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 push hard against uh, the way my body is going to do everything I can to slow down the degeneration mm. uh, not just because I want to feel better. Um, because ultimately I want to be able to serve. Mm. I, I want to be able to serve my kids. I want to be able to serve my grandkids. I want to be able to serve my wife and my church for as long as possible. So that's yeah. the fight. Yeah, that's yeah. why I fight. Yeah, that's a heck of a fight, mate. Take us, um, you know, we're in the middle of a, um, a podcast series just talking about identity and, and um, you know, who, who God has made people to be who god's made you to be um but the reality is that you know we see in scripture that god's uh god's adopted us into his family um he's made us um he's, he's recreating us he's restoring us he's made us something beautiful but there's a there's a sense in a fallen world like we need to live into that and what we actually find in a fallen world is these things just come against who who we are uh, and our sense of who we are. I mean, you're even mentioning before um, about these dreams that you had for the have had for the future. Um, and you know, as part of the Restore Ministries um, board, you and I for a long time, uh, even before Restore Ministries, we dream and scheme together about how um, good things can happen and what God might want to do to um, to use us to uh, to serve His church, the broader church. Um, you, you know, as you were sharing that stuff and the dreams you've had for the future, I internally I just go, yeah, you are, you are a dreamer, you are a visionary, and um, you know, it's it's not uncommon for me to get multiple um text messages, uh, you know, am in the mornings from you because uh, you, you're doing that, but but it's almost, I mean, I I hear a a car accident in a sense between between that part of you and then capacities and 
can you just can you unpack that a little bit? Like, what's unpack the battle for being who God's created you to be in the midst of bodily weakness? I think one of the things that Parkinson's has done in God's grace is make very clear to me what what things I was placing, building my identity around. This is how weakness works. Like being made weak by the Lord or experiencing weakness, the way he uses it is to point out the things that you're finding your strength in that are not him. And so I was the person who was uh, the one who was able to handle multiple things at once, juggle multiple balls. So I had I had the, the counselling network, I had my PhD, I had full-time pastor load, I was a husband, I, I was a father, um, and I was able to juggle all those balls and my identity was the juggler. I could juggle um, and I could shift between each thing. Um, one of the things in Parkinson's is, is you really struggle to juggle. Really, it, it completely saps your capacity to juggle. Um, for me, that's what how I've experienced it. And so all of a sudden, I need to come to grips with the fact that I can't juggle anymore. And so it goes to the root of who I am. And and so that so that that's another one. another one is just the need to um, feel like I can control the outcome of my life, um, that I'm strong. These are all the things I've built my identity around, being strong, being the juggler, being able to control the outcome of my life, being emotionally stable, being the one who remembers things, mm. silly things like that. Like, And all of a sudden these things that you, you were are, are, are diminished in what they were some completely taken away and some just not and some just not as strong anymore. And all of a sudden you have to reshape yourself around who you truly are now. And so that can't happen in a moment, unfortunately. It'd be good if you could just learn that those lessons once. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. All right, Lord, I might I'll reframe the way I see life now and build it around you. But that I feel like that's gonna be a lot that's a lifelong work. And that's going to be a work of consistently coming back to say, all right, God, who am I before yeah. you? Who am I before you? One of the things that was powerful about that time of walking and talking with the Lord during that two months is I went through that process that for 16 years I built my identity around being a pastor and a carer of people. And then all of a sudden when I burned out, I had nothing. And so during those two months, the reason I walked and talked with the Lord so much is because I figured out that the only place I truly knew who I was was when I was alone with him. Wow. But when I was in the lonely places that Jesus used to spend, that's the only place because that's the only place where you're not performing for others. That's the only place where you're not trying to act something for someone or be something for someone else, but that's when you truly know who you are. And so... It says I drew close to him, and so that's been my that's been the way that I've con, kind of continued to pursue. That hasn't been easy. There've been times where I haven't wanted to spend time with the Lord. I had, I've only just recently come off a stretch where I kind of lost my way on that. Where for a good couple of months I just wasn't walking and talking and spending time with him, and all of a sudden I was building my identity around a whole bunch of things that weren't him and. 
uh, it was only probably a couple of weeks ago when I went on holidays that God refreshed me in that and brought me back to that place and made me yeah, see. Yeah. And so that's, I've been walking in that again, so it's been good. Yeah. Um, but am I answering your question? I can't even remember. Yeah, what yeah, you. yeah. Let me – What the thing – what hit me about your question, the way that you answered the question, was if, honestly – it felt like you were talking about me a little bit there, you know, like I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you talking about it and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who will uh, listen to this uh, in, in a similar kind of place, but at pretty soon into your answer, I'm going, well, we're not talking about a Parkinson's sufferer here. We're talking about anyone who has any particular weakness and I wonder, I don't know, would you have a... Um, this is a bit perhaps a little provocative, not for you, but for people who will be listening. Would you have a wise um, warning kind of encouragement for people? Because, I mean, I sat there with you talking about that and I'm starting to think, oh, man, like I I could probably see the, the tentacles of my identity wrapping around my ability and the things that I want to control and my ability to juggle. Is, it, is there anything that you would just want to, want to say to those of us who are not experiencing intense weakness at the moment, um, just just a, a, a loving warning, I guess. Yeah. I guess I want to say don't don't run away when it comes. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's inevitable that weakness is going to be part of, of what happens as you grow older. Mm. No one's immune from this. Uh, every one of us will we'll go through this process where mm. when we're younger, we, we think we're this and we think we're this and we build our lives around all these things and God's patient and gentle work of, of transformation is to show you that uh, is to, is, is to reveal those things to you. And so I think mm. my, my encouragement is in, and I guess it, it's kind of warning, but encouraging is to lean into those things mm. and not, and not, um, and not away, and not turn away. Um, yeah, like, it reminds me of uh, if I can just jump in there. there it it reminds me um, of uh, you know the uh, what Paul writes about outwardly we're wasting away, but yeah. inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Yeah, you know, and I, I just think about the um, the effects of um, of sin and evil and how they. Um, they just they just worked to disintegrate, you know, the pinnacle of God's creation physically and also personally. But this work of uh, Jesus on the cross that He would come and uh, He, as a true human, would give His life for people and join them to Himself. And so there's this um, this this counteraction, this counterattack that's kind of coming from Jesus Himself. Um, that's renewing. That's renewing us. That's renewing you on the inside, even as your body flags. It doesn't mean that the bodily stuff is not real. I mean, I I think that when you experience bodily weakness and pain, um, there's a grittiness and a closeness to you that um, other things sometimes don't get as as close, yes. um, and don't you, you don't almost taste it as much um, as, as when it's bodily. Um, but what a I mean, it's a beautiful thing, even in the darkness and the difficulty of that and the struggle of that, that God's doing a renewing, restoring, transformative work on the inside. And that, that's not, I mean, to be, 
it'd be a, a bit hopeless if that that work of God was derailed by physical weakness, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But rather than being derailed, it's it's um it's enhanced. God uses physical weakness to bring about that restorative yeah. work. And he has like I mean I I can genuinely say that I have seen more spiritual fruit through my ministry come post diagnosis than pre diagnosis. Um I I think now with Parkinson's, I now have the capacity to get into someone's life really rapidly in a way that I wasn't able to, sorry, it would take me longer before in my ministry to people. And so I can chat to people and within the first conversation have them sharing quite deeply um, and be able to minister to the real them. Um, Yeah. There's there's something about suffering that gives you um, incredible opportunities to minister to suffering people. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's Paul talks about that too, isn't it? The um, this the strength that comes through weakness, and um, you know, if I not that this is a competition, but if I had to pick my top three people who boast in their weakness and strength comes out, you're in the top three. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's good to know. That's, that's amazing. So uh, just let's broaden it just a little bit for a moment and consider um, that how do other people mm-hmm. assist you in this battle? Um, and then after that, we'll just look at, um, you know, you know, broaden it out even further to other people who are struggling with physical weakness and how, how would you encourage those people to uh, help people who are struggling with ongoing weakness? Yeah. Um, firstly, don't be afraid. Um, if you don't want Parkinson's disease, ask. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't. And then if you do know what Parkinson's disease, don't assume you know what it looks like for them. So be curious. Have that that posture of curiosity in the way that you engage with the person. What does it look like for them? Um, what does it look like physically? What does it look like spiritually, mentally? Um, how's God, um, how is it pushing on their, the things that they built their life around for them? Um, for me, it was juggling. For others, it would be something different. Um, yeah. You could ask them, uh, how's God reforming them in that? What, how, does, how is it? change the way they pray um, and informing their prayer life. Um, so that's kind of that, that kind of ministry to, to them. There's also, I think it's exciting to not just, it's good to not just talk about their degenerative disease all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's good to ask how are you going without it being the implied answer, how is Parkinson's going? Uh, it's good to say how are you going as a child of God who has, you know, irrespective of Parkinson's. Absolutely. One of the transitions I had, so the first year was pretty intense in that everyone asked me, when you ask you how you're going, it's how you're going with your Parkinson's. But after about 12 months to 18 months, people, when they say how you're going, are actually asking how you're going. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, don't, you, you don't have to say, oh, my symptoms are getting worse. You can just have the freedom to say, oh, yeah, I'm really struggling with this or that. It's got nothing to do with Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. That's get, get to a good – try to get to that place with people. Um, I reckon when you're ministering to them, don't try and guess how 
people are supposed to respond in these situations. Just mm. respond the way you think intuitively you should respond. Mm. Because I don't expect someone to um, respond in a certain way. I What I want to see is a response to it that's authentically them. Yep. And so my father-in-law, he is a super practical bloke. All right? He's not the guy who comes to have the intimate emotional one-on-one conversation with you. He's super practical. And so he's ringing me on the phone and he's saying, what can I do for you, mate? What can I do for you? Yeah, yeah. And I don't look for him for you know to have a deep one-on-one conversation because because I know that's not him and, and that's that's cool. Um, that's a blessing to me to see the way he ministered to me. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, um, don't be afraid to dream of the future with people. Yeah. So one of the ways I've been blessed by you and our friendship is you haven't you don't talk to me like oh Kurt's got Parkinson's he's not going to be able to do anything in the future. Yeah. Um, when I talk to you about when I text you 500 times in the morning <laughs> with 650 with 500 ideas on yeah. what we can do with restore ministries and, and when I talk about pastoral supervision what we can do with that um, you don't get back on the phone with me and say oh Kurt oh you need to really consider your limitations oh you seem like you body off all the you don't push back mm. um, you 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 let me dream mm. um, uh, and and that energizes me. And that that blesses me. Mm. And so, yeah, don't be afraid to actually dream with people because that process they need to go through is they need to go through a process of grief. They need to go through a process of thinking worst-case scenario. Mm. So one of the things me and my wife did after about 12 months is we sat down and we said, all right, this is our uh, in-emergency break glass plan. Mm. We didn't write it down, but we stated together, this is what happened if I degenerated really fast. Mm. Then at that stage, we closed it up. We almost put it away in a filing cabinet. And then we said, all right, now let's think, what can we live? What can we do today? And then we go through that, that new process of saying, all right, how do we have new dreams for the future? Mm. Mm. And so don't be afraid to be a part of that process for them mm. uh, of, of actually helping them have new dreams for the future and being positive about the future with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful, mate. Um, Lots of practical, good practical ideas there. One of the things I kind of picked up uh, stood out to me there in in all of the things you said there is just the tendency, um, uh, I'm not wanting to place the blame at anyone's feet at this point in time, but the tendency for people to turn a diagnosis into an identity, um, at least for a period of time, um, and not just a diagnosis. I know that that's been a debate in... um, in terms of psychological categories and diagnoses, it's like, do we, you know, that there is a kind of, um, you know, people almost, there's almost a living into the identity of the diagnosis instead of continuing to live into who they are. Um, and I, I, I think that that can be the case with uh, physical ailments. Um, even, I mean, there's, um, you know, sometimes people can sin against each other grievously and, um, we um we can take even the identity on of a victim and that's that's who we are and uh, it is true that people are victims of the sins of other people there's no question about that at all and there's grievous sins that people commit against one another but uh, in Christ that that isn't ultimately who we are it isn't ultimately who he's made us to be and um 
so glad to hear that um, after that initial period of the diagnosis becoming Kurt, that all of a sudden that's kind of become uncoupled a bit. And, um, yes. and yeah, that, that, that must have been a bit freeing for you when that uncoupling kind of started to happen, was it? I think so. I think it, one of the battles is when it's a physio, when it's a physical experience that you, that, that your, that your, that your sickness is causing, like the tremor in my hand, it's almost like you have this constant reminder. You have Parkinson's. You have Parkinson's. You have Parkinson's because your hand's tremoring. I have to take medication every three hours. My life is kind of, I feel like my life is structured around mm. managing Parkinson's. And so it's really easy when your whole life is devoted, is kind of built around that for it to become your identity. Um, and so I think what God has done, what I've observed God doing in me, is helping me reframe each of my diagnose, each of the aspects of my person, but my physical person mm. in light of him and, mm. and how that fits. And so even my tremor, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's spiritualizing it. It's recognizing that, uh, it's not just part, it's not just a physical or a neurological ailment that it's a part of God's universe. It's a part of God's ultimate plan. And so when Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh, um, we don't know what that was. Like it's about 15, 16 different interpretations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think endless, you know, headaches and all sorts of weird things. Um, but what it was was some sort of, I'm, I'm presuming some sort of ailment that mm. weakened him in some way. And yet he reframed it by coming to the Lord and pleading it for it to be taken away and the Lord saying, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. Um, he reframed it as, um, as God's means of making, of, 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 uh, helping him to live by grace every moment of the day. Mm. Um, and so when I first had my tremor, I remember when I was preaching, I've had tremendous amounts of shame. Um, mm. And again, that's an identity issue. It was going to this mm. this question of who are you, Kurt? You're the strong one, and yet you're up the front preaching in front of people, and you look weak. How can, mm. how can you portray strength when you're so weak? And again, it was chipping away at that identity issue, that yeah. that, that identity I was building around, whether it wasn't God. Um, and then that was that was an early process of me working through that to actually say, when I get up the front and I tremor. God's glory is seen. God's power is seen. God's strength is seen. And so for me, um, I wasn't actually a guy who sang, when I sang, actually raised his hands in the air. Mm. And uh, particularly when I first got my diagnosis, I didn't do it in particularly, not that I ever did it, but I never wanted, I never really wanted to at all now because my hand would shake as I did that. And, and there's that feeling of shame. And so one of the processes I went through of liberating myself was that, was to make myself raise my hands. Mm. And I didn't go to church and do it straight away. I did it by myself. I did it as I walked, which, you know, at night. I did it at, in my room by myself. Uh, I went mm. to a church that had darker lights <laughs> and where I knew no one. Yeah. Because I wanted to reclaim the freedom of saying, no, my Parkinson's, my physical ailments do not determine who I am. I am a child of God and I need to be free of that. 
And so now when I sing, you can't stop me from raising my hands, Mm. Becky or not, because I just want to say, God, this whole body that you made, although it has Parkinson's, it is yours, and it does not determine who I am. Who I am is what you say I am before anything else. So good. So good. You know, it's such a... um such a robust, beautiful, deep understanding of uh, of identity there. You know, I, I, you see it um, often in our culture where people are like, they say things like, "You're not, you're not your diagnosis. You're not your uh, physicality. You're not your um, the disability that you have." And um, so there's this push, and uh, I, I think it's a good push to not discriminate against people based on what they look or what's going on for them. Um, and, and I, I think you've wrapped that up and then just taken us down another few thousand feet in depth, um, to, uh, to the center of what it means to, um, to be, to be a child of God, to be human, um, and, and, and to have a clear kind of identity. That's beautiful, mate. Thanks for, um, unpacking that one for us. We, um, we traditionally at the end of our, um, Restore Ministries podcast. Ask the uh, the people that we're uh, that we're chatting to to leave us with a scripture. So, I'm wondering if you can um, leave us with the scripture. But before that, just give us a short description of why that scripture is important and, and meaningful to you uh, at the moment. One of the things, because I had a bit of a struggle recently with coming before the Lord, and part of that was because of um, the feeling like uh, starting to ask that question, feeling like I've been ripped off by Him. Um, by having Parkinson's, and I, I think I, it, tend, it made me kind of move away from spending time with the Lord. The last couple of weeks, I've, I've pushed back in. He's brought me back in, and so the passages that I've been reading through are from the Psalms, and what's struck me is the number of times it talks about seeing the face of God or being in the presence of God or coming into the temple, and so Psalm 16 is one that has really blessed me, so I'd like to read that. It says, Preserve me, O God. For in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my God. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Just that line there, in your presence there is fullness of joy. That's the space I need to live. That's the space where I know who I am. Yeah. Thanks so much, mate. Um, And thanks for uh, being so open with us and personal about stuff that's going on for you. Um, 
it's not hard for uh, for me to uh, see how Psalm 16 is speaking so deeply to you at the moment, mate. And um, I just invite people who are listening, like you know, you've heard enough about Kurt's story. Um, if you, if, I just invite you to uh, to pray for him in uh, some of those ways, and and certainly for uh, for people around you uh, who are struggling with long uh, battles with uh, uh, physical weakness, uh, in particular any uh, battles where. Uh, uh, it just kind of whittles away at the uh, the person piece by piece over a long period of time. I just encourage you to uh, to get around them, to love them, to be a good friend to them, uh, to pray for them also. God does amazing things in the midst of weakness, and we uh, we never want to overlook that fact. There is there is always hope in the middle of the darkest places when you um, when you belong to Jesus and you know who He is and that He's uh, He's working. And, and he's present in the middle of your situation. So thanks again, Kurt, for, um, for joining us today. No it's been great to have you. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Restore Ministries Australia podcast. If today's episode was a blessing to you and you would like to support our ministry, please visit www.restoreministries.com.au forward slash donate. Every generous donation is used to further equip and serve the broader church and see people restored to true humanity. Or if you'd like to access further articles, videos and resources, please visit our website, restoreministries.com.au and head to our resources page. Restore Ministries Australia, a catalyst for Christ-centred change.